Doug Branson. You can find him on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. And you can also check out his Substack Every Hornets Box Score on, you guessed it, everyhornetsboxscore.com. My Scoot Warrior, how are you doing, man? I'm boot scooting boogieing. In fact, I'm doing that from our nation's capital, the District of Columbia. I'm here to lobby Congress to look into this NBA lottery process. Now, I'm not saying anything funny went down. I don't want Adam Silver or Mark Tatum's people coming after me. But look, the Spurs are getting pretty lucky, if you ask me, a little too lucky on the verge of Popovich and his retirement, maybe. <laughs> I think he's been a coach for a thousand years now. So anyway, so I'm just having uh, Congress look into it. Say, they say they're going to get to it, you know, after this debt crisis and nuclear war, after they stop all of that. <laughs> They're going to look into the NBA lottery. So I'm on it, folks. Um, thank you, Doug. Live reporting from Washington, D.C., <laughs> trying to figure out how we can sway things, one, to the Charlotte Hornets. Now, you are doing this from a D.C. alleyway. Are you looking behind your shoulder as you're saying these uh, these things in the nation's capital? Uh, no, listen, uh, D.C. is beautiful. It's, it's been very good to me. I just wanted to get a quiet place here so we can talk some scoot. Yeah, it look. People have been writing in, Walker, you're already smitten with a guy that we don't even know if the Hornets are going to pick Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller is somebody that is being mocked to the Hornets quite a bit. Would you be disappointed if it wasn't Scoot and Brandon Miller was the pick? So, Doug, just how in are you, right? Like, would it be, would it bring disappointment if Brandon Miller was the second overall selection? How do you view these two prospects and how they fit in Charlotte? I, I don't think it's even close. If I'm being perfectly honest, I, I think I love it. that this is a two-person draft. I think this is Victor Wembanyama is the obvious number one selection, and then I think it's Scoot is the obvious number two selection. Brandon Miller is going to be a very good player, and he has the potential. He has the upside to be a a great player, um, but that's just what it is. It's potential. It's upside. Teams are telling him right now, get in the weight room because there's some work to do to turn Brandon Miller into the prototypical super wing that a lot of NBA teams are salivating over, the sort of Jason Tatum mold. But there's work to do to get there. Scoot Henderson, in terms of being what he is, which is an explosive playmaking guard in the mold of, I'd say, you know, a lot of people are saying Russell Westbrook. A lot of people are saying John Wall. Those are player comparisons. I would look at Donovan Mitchell. And Donovan Mitchell, there were a lot of questions about his shooting uh, coming out of college. And he silenced those pretty quickly. And you look at Scoot. I, I mean, I could talk, I could wax poetic about what he's shown on tape already playing pro ball for a couple of years now. But you have to really look at the intangibles. This guy is obsessed with being great. And I'm not just talking about on the court. I mean, he's already working out with Steph Curry and copying his, you know, workout routine so he can, you know, develop into a better shooter and address some of his weaknesses. But I mean, this is a guy that's just obsessed with all of the things that make someone great off the court as well. He reads self-help books. I mean, this, this guy is focused on the things that you've got to be focused on to become one of the best players in the league. There's just so much to love about Scoot, including his uber confidence. So I, I'm totally in on Scoot. I think he's a clear number two choice. And then, Doug, just talking about that, now Donovan Mitchell coming out of Louisville shot 35% from three, but then, Scoot, he's working with Steph Curry. What do you feel like would be the reasons that the Hornets would do this? Because we see in a consensus mock draft, we see Brandon Miller as the pick. But what would be their rationale for choosing him, in your opinion? For choosing Scoot? No, for choosing Brandon Miller over Scoot. Uh, well, then I think it would be essentially a fit decision at that point because th there would be, I, I guess, some questions about essentially drafting another point guard when you have 
LaMelo Ball as, as your obvious point guard, your facilitator, your playmaker? Do you want to bring someone in uh, that would also demand some on-ball attention? But I, I think that that thought process is a little flawed because if you look at the offensive, especially the offensive game of Scoot uh, versus LaMelo Ball, LaMelo Ball excels way beyond the three-point line. He can stretch defenses out where Scoot is going to improve his shooting, I think. Uh, but just his offensive game right now is pretty fully baked in terms of his mid-range game and his ability to explode uh, off that first step and, and get into the lane and, and draw contact with his strength and also score through that contact at the rim, something that I think LaMelo is working on. But if you draft a guy alongside of him that can already do that, I think that's going to be beneficial. Now, in terms of looking at Brandon Miller, I mean, the shooting is obviously the thing that jumps off the page at his time in Alabama. I mean, he's just a knockdown shooter especially off, off the catch and shoot. Uh, but, you know, you have some questions, I think, about his ability to generate his own shot because I think some of the the biggest questions that I see around Brandon Miller are, are on the handle piece. You know, is he going to be able to generate his own offensive look? But you have LaMelo Ball, who's a great facilitator, who can find him. So maybe if you're the Hornets and you are interested in Brandon Miller, you're less worried about some of those weaknesses. And then, Doug, if they do draft Brandon Miller, what do you think the construct of this roster would look like? Because they seem to have a gluttony of guards and forwards, and we know that they're probably going to bring Miles Bridges back. So what do you say to the fact of that they need to start to define roles of this team, figure out who's your big two, your big three, and get everyone's roles defined? Well, I think that's, that's the interesting thing about taking Brandon Miller, right? Because typically when you take someone number two overall in the NBA draft, that player is going to expect big minutes, especially on a roster uh, that won under 30 games and, and hasn't uh, made the playoffs in seven seasons and hasn't won a playoff series in 21 years. Uh, you know, I think a player would rightfully take a number two overall, expect big minutes, but the Hornets do have, seasoned veteran guards that potentially could be back next season in Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington at the power forward position as well. So if they decided to bring both of those players back, what would that mean for Brandon Miller? And would you know, he be frustrated by the fact that he would be fighting for minutes? Uh, because I don't, I don't necessarily think that Brandon Miller's body is completely 100% ready to take sort of the 82-game beating uh, that is required of a player at, at his position necessarily. So I think those are, are valid questions that the fit is there, you know, and it could be there in the future, but right away in the short term, if they do bring back both Miles Richards and DJ Washington, is the fit really there? Doug Branson of the Locked On Hornets podcast, as well as every HornetsBoxScore.com, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Doug, Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN, he hopped on with Zach Lowe, and he talked about his experience in Chicago during lottery night. He said he was asking everyone who the number two pick would be, the number three pick. And he said the consensus was Brandon Miller was going to be the second overall selection. Now, he would go on to clarify those comments and says he's not really buying it too much right now. He would put it at a 60-40 shot of Brandon Miller being that pick for Charlotte right now. I'll just ask you, how much are you buying into those reports from Gavoni on Low Post Podcast? I'm not, I don't buy into any reports this early in the process. We are, we're a month away. There's going to be a lot of smoke, a lot of mirrors, a lot of uh, you know things that uh, sounds... Uh, true, but aren't necessarily true. And a lot of motivations. And it's not necessarily just on the Charlotte Hornets' part. There are going to be other teams 
in that three and four and five slot that are vying for particular players. And, you know, information gets a, a really fuzzy around this time. So, so I don't buy that. Ultimately, I think the Hornets could be focused on taking the best player available. It should, fit should not be a consideration when you have not won a playoff series within the last three presidential administrations, okay? I want everyone to really take that in and understand that the Hornets as a franchise, you, they, they may have some, some talent injection coming in if they decide to, to bring back Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington. But this is not a team that is a half step or even or a full step or even a half step away from playoff success. They've got a long way to go, and I think they, they have to understand that. And, and, and understanding that, go after the best player available. And, and I believe when you take a look both on the court and some of the intangibles, that player is Scoot Henderson. But I understand why there would be motivation, both from the Charlotte Hornets perspective and from, you know, for example, Portland's perspective, to, to muddy those waters and, and to make it an actual choice so, so that, you know, trade uh, implications, there's trade implications, there's all kinds of stuff that's going to go on from the camps, from the teams, and I think we all just have to, you know, take a big, deep breath and continue to watch the day. Doug Branson live from a D.C. alleyway, making all sorts of D.C. <laughs> references, referring to the presidential Be careful in that alleyway, Yeah, though. just please, please, Doug, we care about you. I still want to do this podcast, so please be careful. I did have another question for you about the Charlotte Hornets, okay. of course. The other question I have is, how much should we trust Mitch Kupchak to get this pick right? Well, I think the record has been mixed. Uh, I think the things that have happened – Later in the lottery have been questionable. The, the trading of the pick that ultimately was uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander and became Miles Bridges for the Charlotte Hornets. I think looking back on that pick, you know, hindsight, obviously 2020, you look back on that pick and go, okay, that was probably a mistake. Um, and, you know, I think trading uh, the pick in the last draft that ultimately became Jalen Duran, I, I think that long-term is going to bear out to be a mistake, but we have to, let time, uh, you know, figure that out and see where Duran's career uh, takes him. But even if you weren't a big Duran fan, I think there were some other players that could have ultimately helped the Hornets had they decided to keep that pick and not trade for what what is ultimately a worse first-round pick that they will maybe uh, take in in this upcoming draft. So I think the record is certainly mixed there. But look, they got they got Lamelo Ball right. Uh, Lamelo Ball fell to them. I, I think there was a a case that Lamelo Ball could have gone second. And instead, the Golden State Warriors, who were, uh, you know, a half step away from being championship contenders again, they decided to draft for fit, and they ended up drafting James Wiseman. There's a real danger, especially in that second spot, especially in a draft where one is already decided, so you are essentially on the clock. There's a real danger of overthinking that second pick. It's happened before. Sacramento uh, under Vladi Divac, uh, they they overthought their second pick. They decided to go fit. Marvin Bagley, and they passed on Luka Doncic. So I think Mitch Kupchak and, and the team there need to be really careful that they don't overthink their second pick and they bring in uh, the best player available. And then, Doug, you talked about the gap that you feel like there is between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. When you talk about that, what do you think the apex of Brandon Miller is if he comes in and he hits? What do you what do you see from that? Well, I think the apex is what we're seeing from Jason Tatum. I mean, it's a guy that because he, he can score at all three levels uh, is, is going to be a potential 50-burger in a playoff game. I mean, that's, you're, you're looking at Brandon Miller as that prototypical NBA super wing 
I mean, people have thrown uh, Kevin Durant's name out, but, you know, obviously I don't think the physical tools quite match with, with Brandon Miller. He's obviously a few inches shorter. So, But, but he, he is tall enough if he's going up against other NBA wings to shoot over the top. And, you know, again, the percentages don't lie. He's a really, really, really talented shooter. I think the question is to, to turn into one of those – to turn into that apex, to turn into that super wing potential, you know, it really does require having a good handle. And I really think that's what you have to look at. And if you're, if you're evaluating it, I think you have to ask yourself, is that something that he can develop or, or is that really baked into his game? Because if it's baked into his game, then I think at that point you're looking at, you know, a, a solid three option, uh, a guy that you can toss it to and know that he's going to knock down a shot, which is super valuable, but I think it's way different than what, what I project Stu Henderson to be, which is an absolute number one scoring option, which even, look, LaMelo Ball is a great facilitator, and he has the potential to be an all-NBA player in this league, but, but I don't think he's ever going to be a number one scoring option. That's not, that's not part of his game. That's not part of his strength, but that is absolutely Stu Henderson's strength. He has that potential. I'm not sure Brandon Miller does. All right, Doug, what's on the docket for today? What kind of sites are you going to see in uh, our nation's capital? Oh, well, we got the House, the Senate, uh, we've got the White House. Obviously. And look, I might take this all the way up to the White House. Look, I might get Biden involved in this thing because I'm just telling you something's a little fishy. You know, we're, we, they get Tim Duncan, they have so much success, and then just when they start to sunset all of that success, all of a sudden the ping-pong balls fall San Antonio's way. And once again, Greg Popovich is going to coach for a 1,000 years, get a get six more championships. I think, look, I'm just going to say, I think there's some fraud involved. I'm going to look into it, okay? I'm on the case. I think that's rational. I think bringing this all the way up to the president is completely rational from Doug Branson of Locked On Hornets, also Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. Doug, be careful, and we appreciate your time. Thanks, boys.